Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every week with a new story about your world. On today's show, we have Ana Maria Castillo, a community education specialist with the Washington Regional Transplant Community. We'll talk about the need for organ donors in this country, the myths surrounding organ donations, and where you can sign up today to give the gift of life. And yes, queer people can donate. Thank you for following The Jesse Garcia Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. Save the date. The 2019 International LGBTQ Leader Conference, sponsored by the LGBTQ Victory Institute, is taking place November 13th through the 16th at the JW Marriott in Washington, D.C. More than 600 elected officials and leaders from all over the world will convene in our nation's capital to strategize the year ahead in our movement for equality. Sign up today at lgbtqleaders.org and take advantage of the early bird rates. That's lgbtqleaders.org. Today in America, there are more than 113,000 men, women, and children on a national transplant waiting list. Sadly, 20 people will die each day because an organ transplant never came their way. Last year, more than 36,000 transplants took place across the nation, but more were needed. While 95% of U.S. adults surveyed support the practice, only 58% followed through and registered to become donors, resulting in an organ shortage that continues to grow each day. My South Texas Latino family never considered being organ donors. Our very Catholic upbringing made us worry about the need to have all our bodies intact so when we resurrect, we'd be ready for the afterlife. But actually, the Vatican supports organ donation and as of 2016, they also support cremation. Even though our family religion gave us the green light, we just didn't think about organ donation until the need came to our doorstep one day. My older sister Lupita, named after my mother, has always been the strong one. Working since 15, she provided for our family and was like a third parent to me. Then one day, 10 years ago, she started losing her vision. The one person in my world who took care of everyone was now needing help getting place to place. Three years ago, everything went dark for my sister and now she waits for a cornea transplant to restore her sight. Helping grow our pool of donors to help people like Lupita is Ana Maria Castillo with Donate Life. Ana Maria will answer the most frequently asked questions about organ donation, dispel the myths of who can and cannot donate, and share the easiest way you can sign up. Hint, there's an app for that. I want to welcome to the show Ana Maria Castillo, who works with Donate Life. Welcome to the show, Ana. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Talk about the work that you've been doing for how many years? Sure. Well, I recently joined uh, Washington Regional Transplant Community. That's actually our name. Uh, we're actually what's called an Oregon procurement organization. And we're the people who a hospital, let's say if someone passes away, they'll call us and we will go and uh, recover the organs and tissues for donation. So mm -hmm. I've been working I've been working with the organization for a little over nine months now, but I've always had a connection with donation. Um, my cousin actually, he passed away unfortunately from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, but he needed a bone marrow transplant. So the donation has always been something that has been in my in, heart. In your heart yeah. and in your life. Yes, yes. So being in this uh, world of donation, organ donation, What's, so f what's fascinating about it? To me, how many people we can actually save. One person can actually save eight lives. Wow. Just from one person. And that's with organ donation. But with tissues, we can enhance the lives of up to 75 people. Okay. Uh, my very first question is, what type of organ tissue can be donated while you're alive? Sure. So while you're alive, you can donate your kidney and a portion of your liver. What's cool about the liver is that it actually regenerates itself. It, so yeah, yeah, it, it will grow back. Yeah, yeah, it will go. It will grow back. So you can donate your kidney and a portion of your liver. Tissues is a different story. You have to be deceased in order to uh, donate tissues. Now, when someone passes, what can you name the organs that could be donated? So sure. people can can get like a sort of like an idea of like what they're gonna be giving. Of course. To another person. Sure. So when someone passes away, they can donate their lungs, their heart, uh, their pancreas, small and small intestine, uh, and as, as well as the kidneys and the liver as well when you, when you pass away. Um, as far as tissues go, you can donate heart valves, corneas, which help to restore sight to uh, one to two people, uh, bone, skin, which is very important for burn victims. We see a lot of uh, you know, firefighters exactly. need uh, skin uh, donated. Uh, tendons, ligaments, and veins. My family, um, my sister, in fact, mm. uh, lost her sight and has been waiting for cornea transplant. Oh, wow. Finally got to get mm. one. It did not take, unfortunately, mm. but she's still on the road to get a successful transplant. That's amazing. Yeah. And it means the world to us for something to come through sure. and restore her sight. Right. And if you think about it, that's such a, that's such a big deal to say yeah. Her sight is being restored because exactly. of someone else's gift. Exactly. That's amazing. So it's made me realize that, hey, I have to become a donor. I have to pay it forward. Mm. What are some of the things that keep people from, like, donating, especially in the Latino community? Oh, there's going to be, like, religion probably involved. But there's so many older folks that I know that are already thinking, okay, like, the whole not wanting to be cremated because right. of religious purposes right. they're already realizing no this is probably cheaper more efficient it's the route to go so are we convincing latino families about organ donation it's really interesting that you bring that up um i do when i do my presentations and i go out into the community i actually uh touch on the different myths and misconceptions and what's been very interesting is that i've been hearing less and less about those different myths, which is a good thing. That means we're doing our job. So one of the common ones is that, like you mentioned, religion. My religion doesn't allow it. But in all actuality, all major Eastern and Western religions view organ donation as one of the final acts of charity and love for a person when they leave this earth. So yeah. that's a very common misconception. Another one is that people with high socioeconomic status, they're gonna get the organs first. 
but that's yeah. 100% illegal. That does, yeah. not, that does not happen. <laughs> not in yeah, America. Yeah, not in America. And also another one is um, some people worry that they're not able to have an open casket funeral. Yeah. But our staff at our, at our organization take the utmost care and respect when recovering the organs and everything is reconstructed and you can have an open casket funeral. So those are some of the big, the big, the big, mis- yeah. the big worries and big myths. Right. And another big one is that um, the doctors aren't going to save my life if they see the little heart on the driver's oh, license. Oh, wow. And doctors have taken an a, a, a oath to help the person however way they can if their life can be saved. They don't. We're not even called unless someone is brain dead. So, what has been the successful way you've recruited folks? Is it like at the driver's licenses offices where they could fill out the organ donor? Yeah. I mean, or are you having talks at the high schools? How are you recruiting so, more people? So that's a great question. It's actually a combination of both. So we work closely with the DMVs. We actually one of uh, my colleague actually he is solely doing DMV outreach. So he goes, uh, think about this, he goes to all the DMVs within our service area. In the DMV, it, that's the, a lot. it's a lot, it's a lot. And he does the outreach, educa- he does the education um, because we really need that close tie with the DMVs. Uh, about, I believe this, this stat is 98% of people uh, register to be an organ donor at the DMV. Wow. So that's where... That's where you're getting them. That's that's a big, big spot where we're getting them. Um, another thing is, like you mentioned, outreach. My position is to go out into the schools, to go out into the community, more specifically the Hispanic community and the minority community, to give talks, to teach classes about organ donation, to dispel all the different myths and misconceptions related to organ donation. So it, it, it's a mix of both, but we really see a lot of people registering at the DMV and the MVA. How many people are on the wait list today? On the wait list today, so we have two numbers. Uh, We have, for the the national average, we have 113,000. That's a lot of people. Who are waiting nationally. But in the DMV metro area alone, we have close to 2,500 waiting. What are some of the, what's the organ that's most in demand? So, according to our most current wait list that came out in June 6th, the number one organ that people are waiting for is a kidney. Yeah. It's a kidney. Yeah, both nationally and in the D.C. metro area. After that, it's the liver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Most recently, organ transplants came across my my news feed when Vicente Fernandez, the Mexican uh, royalty in the entertainment world, did not want a transplant from a, a homosexual. I guess he thinks homosexuality is contagious. Or maybe he was afraid he was going to catch HIV AIDS because he's just, you know, you know, stigmatizing that any gay man or woman would give him HIV AIDS by uh, a transplant. Are those some of the things that you're dealing with where people are like not knowing the facts of how safe these organs are? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we do we do come across that a lot. And actually, after the passing of of what's called the HOPE Act, individuals who are HIV positive Mm -hmm. can receive a a donation from someone who is also HIV positive. So that's that was something actually that at Pride we were teaching people. Um, Someone came up to our table and they're like, I can't donate. I, I, I may be positive. And we were able to tell them, hey, you can you can. And so that, that's another thing. There's a lot of stigma. There's stigma. a lot of stigma. No, and I, and yeah. all of it, it, I think, like with me, I had no idea about the organ, that we could actually donate organs because we had this blood ban. 
But it's two different it's issues. It's two different issues. issues. It's two different things. Uh, you so can, gay people can, can donate, be don- or, yes, and even HIV-positive folks can donate yes. to other HIV-positive mm-hmm. folks. Now, what bars someone from donating? So there's two there's two main things. So there's medical reasons, but there are also the different myths that we were talking about, right? So some of the medical reasons are active diseases like, let's say, cancer or obesity, morbid obesity mm-hmm. uh, or lupus, something like that. Something yeah. like that can definitely... Um, be barriers uh, for donating organs. Another thing, like I mentioned, were the myths and misconceptions. A lot of people don't have the proper education about the topic, so they think about organ donation, and already they're like, oh, no, I can't tell you how many people have come to my table, find out what I'm discussing, and they're like, no, thanks, and then they walk away. But, I mean, when I can make that connection, when I can actually bring them to my table and actually give them the education, it really means the world because we're, we're changing lives. What's the rate of Latino folks donating? So the rate of Latinos donating, so when the first data came out, which was in 1988, 25,895 uh, deceased donors were Hispanic. They, we got uh, donations from uh, Hispanic individuals. Um, most recently in 2018, the number was 1,508. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we need a lot. <laughs> we, need, we need to do more work. We need to do more work. Yes. How does one register? So they don't have to go renew their license for another three years. How can one register? Can they go to our library? Can they go online? What's the fastest and safest way to do this? So um, there's different ways. So you can, whenever you see me out in the community as Donate Life, that's who we are in the community, and you see my table, I have on-site paper registration. So All the legal stuff that you need? All you have to do is just fill out my form. We have specific forms for D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. You fill out your form, and we input you into the registry. Now, can your family fight it once you're dead? It is legally binding. Whatever decision you make when you register to be an organ donor, that is legally binding. And here's another thing. That's why it's important for us to have these conversations with our family. That way, you know, in the you know, uh, at the time of death, they know exactly what we want. I mean, they'll be able to look your name up and see that you're an organ donor. But if your family is, you know, on the fence about it, they will know this is what he wanted or she wanted, and it's there in the registry. So there'll be no question. There'll be no question. What identifies us as a donor, our driver's license or being on this registry? On the registry. And also, I mean, if you have a little heart on your driver's license, that means. So that you could register online or with you, you can uh, in person, online. In, in person, person mm-hmm. and you don't need to have a little heart because you'll be on this you'll registry. Be on, you'll be on the list. You will be okay. on the registry. Um, so like you said, you could do it online. You could do a paper registration at, you know, let's say a community event. You could go to the DMV. Uh, we also have it's the you know the iPhone app you know the app that you can't get rid of the yeah. health app you can register that way through too. the health mm-hmm. app you can wow. register that way too that yeah. is the fastest way I was about to yeah. say where is a nationwide place <laughs> where we can get registered and you just provided the health app on, on our iPhone. app phones yes you can also go to beadonor.org to register there directly too that's beadonor.org beadonor.org or for the people who who uh, speak Spanish donevida donevida.org mm-hmm. now. When people donate their, uh, when the, the individual passes and organs are donated, can the family request to see those people? 
Yes, I, you would have to make arrangements. Uh, we have family services that will come and talk to the families about donation, and I believe that they coordinate. They will they coordinate. coordinate that, yes. I mean, it's kind of morbid to me, but I'm thinking this is some type of closure, or they just need to see an extension of their yeah. loved one. And see, so here's the thing. I feel like we think we, we think this topic is so morbid, but it's something that we should talk about. It's something that, you know, that definitely has to be put out in our community especially. I think death is very taboo sometimes yes so i think we need to talk more about it and it doesn't always have to be so so taboo it doesn't always have to be so stigmatized so what website again can they learn more and get more stories or maybe google some videos to walk them through the process yeah yeah so um, what do you recommend you can go to beadonor.org or donevida.org and also you could check out our youtube channel be a donor we have different testimonials uh from both re- the recipient side and also donor families who have had someone passed away pass away and they're giving their testimony so our youtube our youtube channel is actually really good too it's be a donor thank you so much Ana maria and how long does it take to fill out all that paperwork it's not even all that paperwork. It is literally one side of a sheet of paper. One side of a sheet of paper, that and do you need a social security number and driver's license? Uh, you would. You need a, either, either or, either or. You can use either or. Well, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank I you. appreciate it. My family appreciates it. So thank you so of much. Of course. Thank you for having me.